Welcome to Take Note. This is a podcast about paying attention and keeping a notebook. I am here with my favorite Russian oligarch, Ted. <laughs> Ted, how are the bank accounts doing? I was going to buy dinner, but uh, change of plans. Yep. So on this show, uh, when we're not talking about foreign policy and financial oh, affairs... Bringing the, we're bringing, it, bringing the heavy-duty... Ooh, it's like BBC World Service over here. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh, we we talk about the stupid things we wrote in our notebook. Ted, what do you got? Uh, so I have a bunch of very hastily scribbled, basically two or three words at a time that I, I jotted down at, uh, at the Little League opening ceremonies this year. So I'm going to see if I can interpret those and, and share few of those observations uh first one up praying cow is what i've written down uh it's the the opening prayer at the uh, ceremony my my favorite part of any ceremony is the opening prayer especially wow. when there's a but a single denomination represented that's my favorite um uh you know let us pray first of all I, I just want to say sorry. I didn't start praying soon enough to get better weather. Okay, like ugh, groan. Um, we proceed uh, to the the procedure there, the what have you, and uh, looking around, I I tend not to bow my head in such such circumstances. I, I appreciate it as a moment of reflection, but uh, uh, Caroline, uh, my wife, pokes me in the ribs. Says, "Look." There was a uh, a mascot, a Chick-fil-A cow was at the event. Chick-fil-A was well represented there and fed our children. And uh, look over and the cow was bowing its head in prayer. Appreciated that. Um, do, they train, note. do they train the cow to do that? Oh, it's not a real cow. It's like a cow mascot. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Per human, human bowing its head. Okay. Causing the very large cow head to tip forward. You know, it's funnier this way with you explaining it. <laughs> yes. Um, I've got a note here that says MJ, which reminds me, uh, I was speaking with a fellow parent. He was telling me about uh, uniforms arriving, said my son's, uh, f- son's a huge Jeff Bagwell fan. Bagwell's number five, of course, as we all, all of our listeners know. Um, he said, yeah, so he, you know, he wanted number five. Uh, and then he got their names, uh, got their names personalized on the back of their jersey. So we just got those. Pick him up, and he says, "You know, my last name's Jackson." So lift it up. Jersey says Jackson Five on the back. <laughs> pretty great. Uh, and my final note: interrupting foreign affairs conversation to volunteer. So that reminds me, I was volunteering to clean up at the uh, the ceremonies picking up trash and whatnot and uh any mess that that yeah. cow made <laughs> and uh a couple of couple of guys couple of dads were uh just having a rip-roaring uh conversation about about ukraine and the situation there and uh really going at it pat impassioned you know as informed as as the rest of us uh, i kept hearing different snippets as I carried boxes past them where they were standing and uh, you know finally things wound down a little bit and uh, one of these 
amazing uh, volunteers. There's one of the, the moms uh, walked up to them and said, are y'all volunteers? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What? Okay, <laughs> just good. There. Can you They're go? Just and was like, <laughs> I think she interrupted. He was saying, like, really what this is all about is the stability of the West. You know, are you guys, you're, okay, yeah, you're going to need to uh, take those <laughs> empty Chick-fil-A boxes over to that uh, open hatchback over there. Thank you. That's Thank funny. Thank you. Yeah. What do you got, Adam? All right, all right. Well, I think we'll get back to that one with my next one. But um, I was in Vegas for uh, two days, uh, these last couple of days. I just got back, and I've got a couple of uh, short little notes that I noticed from uh, Las Vegas. And th- this first is, this first is going to be no one's favorite except mine. This is my favorite kind of note, because it's well anyway. All right, I'm in Vegas. I've seen multiple people carrying around small pizza boxes, presumably from casino to casino. Now, there is no punchline on this one, but it's a thing that I kept seeing. And these were, these were like, I don't know, just casino goers, like people there on vacation. And for some reason, like, the small pizza was the snack to, like, keep. And so you, people would just be carrying their small pizza boxes around. I couldn't figure it out. I, you know what? That, it, it, I feel like you were bearing, that's a bearing witness note. That's a note That's to right. Say, there you go. I have seen this. I cannot. I cannot keep this to myself. The world must know. Right. This little strange phenomenon is occurring. I may not. I may not understand it, but I've seen it. Anyway, <laughs> I've got a couple. I've got a few more notes here. Um, multiple tourist spots listing Fiji for sale instead of water. Um, just Fiji. Fi- like just Kleenex. Fiji. Saw three places. Yeah. Yep. Um, hey. Hey. I can tell you didn't brush your teeth, son. There's no Fiji on this toothbrush. <laughs> I like it. All right. I wrote, um, I could pick up so many guys with this Tombaugh Unions hat if I was so inclined. Uh, the host at dinner already asked what team it was, and the waiter has been staring. I want to say, eyes down here, buddy. Hubba hubba. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I saw... I saw big old Elvis impersonator white suit open at his chest on a motor scooter drive up to a couple of buskers so they could all toast with their 40s. <laughs> and um, magical place. Yeah. Magical place. Yeah, yeah. We'll, I'll leave it there. Do you do any do you do any gambling? Do you well, do tables. Actually, I'm glad you mentioned it. So here's the here's the type of guy I am. I did a little gambling. I would not go back and get additional cash, though, because I didn't want to pay the $9 ATM fee. <laughs> uh, so I would have gambled the money away, but I wouldn't just give it to the bank. Um, <laughs> I did. I, I You would you'd give it to a casino more slowly, just not to a bank very quickly. Yes, exactly. Um, so I, I practiced my blackjack leading up to this, and I knew that I could make the right blackjack move 85% of the time which is another way of saying that I cannot do it 100% of the time. And even if I can make the right move 100% of the time, I will still lose my money. So I decided (laughs) that I would play a little roulette where, you know, that's not a smart game, but typically I can lose my money slowly there. Maybe even Mm -hmm. make a little money and leave at the right time. Um, You can lose your money, but it goes clicky, clacky, clicky. (laughs) 
<laughs> so I did lose my money quicker than usual because <laughs> um, they've added a third zero to the roulette wheel in Las Vegas. Wow. There's zero and double zero and now triple zero. Um, I, I asked the roulette wheel spinner and he said that they got added just before the coronavirus so that's amazing to me that that's a thing that they could yeah. just do and you don't even notice you just notice it like halfway through losing your money they're like you're yeah we put this in so that you would lose your money more quickly yeah uh-huh and right before not because of coronavirus no. but just right before that yep that's right and while i was losing my money there were four guys there who literally did not know the rules and were asking and were trying to understand it nice guys and um as i lost the um the last of my little money they put 25 dollars down on double zero and made 875 <laughs> so that was a gambling idea i think there were plants yep nope i don't think so maybe no yeah <laughs> what do you got ted well, this is a bit of a meandering what do you got, I'll readily admit. But it's um, the common theme is really cool books from the, the college library. Um, so I finished, speaking of, uh, of gambling, I just finished Casino Royale, uh, the first Bond book by Ian Fleming. After listening to a really nice episode from the podcast, The History of Literature, which is it's quite a lofty title, but the host really just talks a lot about books and it really covers a wide range and he's very entertaining. I recommend it. But he did a he did a Bond themed episode that was fun. Uh, so I was inspired. So I went to my college or university really library and checked out a copy. Just I'm just appreciating that this library, maybe not every library, but this one has these amazing old books these old editions they're library editions most of them but they this one i think was like from 1956 or whenever i don't know whenever the uh the book was published just every every corner of it soft and supple and just worn down by time uh so that was a great book uh enjoyed it and enjoyed the copy then i grabbed uh next time i went over I grabbed a, a Seamus Haney book. Not, I can't even remember the name of it, but um, flipped open to the front cover. I think it was from 1983. His autograph was right there in the front. It was so cool. Um, maybe, maybe just some. Maybe, maybe I mean, just some or, smart Alec, or somebody looked up uh, the autograph of a relatively well-known poet and forged it it's possible i suppose i mean okay just imagine yourself as a college freshman and even maybe even let's say you were a freshman a few years earlier at the birth of the like internet in, and in, say 19 1983 let's say you're not oh okay well listen just because it says 1983 on the bottom doesn't mean that's when they signed no. it that seems like a good it seems like a good prank to play um before you know, but I don't know. Before that's like a long. That's a long form. You're like, oh, in 25 years, somebody's really gonna get the wool pulled over their eyes on this one. And I'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be dead by then. Uh, it's very possible, but I still had a good time. With I'm, it. I'm uh, sure it's. And then, his, I'm sure it's a signature, but I just love telling you it's not. <laughs> well, don't think I didn't have that thought. I was googling <laughs> his signature while I was sitting there. Um, 
I, well, I had fun with it. Um, and then the third book that I currently, I'm, I'm just at the very beginning of, but it's uh, The World of Yesterday. I think, I, I mean, I really should have written the names of these books down, but it's by Stefan Zweig. And it's uh, the book that inspired the kind of aesthetic and the realm, the world of Grand Budapest Hotel. I watched a just a fun interview from, I think, 2014 with Wes Anderson and Paul Holden Graber of the New York Public Library. I think I tweeted about it. You can go to uh, Take Note Pod and find it on our Twitter account. Yeah, but just like just every to... tweet until you find the one that Ted is referring to. Yeah, just sc- scroll. If you like them, the faster you like them, the more the one that you're looking for will rise to the top, right. I think. Um, but it's a just copy from 1943, when I believe when the book was published. And again, the, the every, it's just soft and fragile and beautiful and just i love it and he signed it in the no that's not true um (laughs) but uh so my what do you got that i've meandered my way to is a line from the publisher's preface of this edition now the the heavy duty thing about this book and part of what the preface is about is how stefan zweig and his wife committed suicide together he was later in life he was living in brazil but you know he kind of uh cited his sort of statelessness which is what the book is about Uh, i'm i'm only in the very beginning in vienna which he describes vienna in these beautiful terms but the publisher in his preface or her preface says writes and i quote Mr. Zweig always encouraged his friends to set down their reminiscences, not necessarily for publication, but for the pleasure and benefit of their children, their families. I thought that was very nice. Oh, yeah, I like that. What do you got, Adam? All right, well, I've been thinking, I have been walking around with the same half of a joke in my head for the last week, and that is I spent all these months paying attention to the lead-up to the war in Ukraine, and despite all of the attention that I paid, the war happened anyway. Which is, yeah, is just my way of, like, trying to resolve how much attention do you... How much attention should we pay to things that are completely outside of our control? Um, and, And then when these things really get bad then the doom scrolling begins and the refreshing begins and that's clearly not healthy and i think i have an answer i mean i think the thing to do would be to just read the newspaper once a day like you know if you read the new york times you could click on today's paper there's a little today's paper button and you could just read that paper instead of the live stuff but i i don't know i i I can't do it i um i I feel guilty for turning halfway, turning away halfway through like the second long Ukrainian story because I don't know, there's just too much of it and it's too sad. But then I feel guilty for looking away. Um, yeah. yeah. And then I've, um, I have also been thinking about in August, 1991, my family did like a little, uh, we had a family vacation in new England and we were crisscrossing new England, t- listening to the radio to, learn where hurricane bob was heading so we could avoid it um i was 10 and at the same time we were also listening to news of the ussr dissolving and i couldn't really have understood it but i've always remembered that like that was that was probably my 
first actual understanding of the USSR as it, as it was dissolving. Um, and uh, last week, as my family was driving to and from New Orleans, I was kind of, I was hopeful of reproducing that. This was before the war. So we were listening to radio broadcasts of the war coming to Ukraine. I think I was thinking about the idea that my kids would be having that experience, like over, just barely overhearing these radio broadcasts about yeah. that news the same way that I did in 1991. And after after the invasion began, I realized that Putin was invading the Ukraine to return Russia to the state of the USSR that fell apart when I was crisscrossing New England in 1991 at that moment that really stuck with me. Um, so yeah, uh, that that's my kind of what do you got, and those are my, that's how I've been trying to think about paying attention to this uh, uh, this horrible situation. I mean, it is interesting that you are you're you're thinking about sort of giving that opportunity to your kids in a way. I mean, because I I do think it is there's a weird. There, there's a there's a positive or a benefit or a something a richness a robustness to life when you know what's happening in the world or when you're a kid and you're learning about the world and its complexities that I feel like you're kind of you're remembering what it was like to to know that something really important was happening or substantial and you are you're you are wanting that for your kids and I think, in a sense, the information ecosystem now takes that feeling and just absolutely brutalizes it. Takes our impulse to understand what's happening and and to to bear some kind of witness to important events and just sends it into a chaotic realm of, uh, you know timeline zigzagging timelines and and miss i mean misinformation i i straight up saw some like misinformation today yeah and that was that was highly highly discombobulating and felt really really messed up and i mean I, to me that's another argument for like the stick to the newspaper uh uh, approach is you know just that level of vetting like it's chaos in, in on social media right um, and if and you know if you're listening to the radio like there is that feeling now that like oh, i'm not getting the most up-to-date i mean i don't feel like if i'm if i'm tuned into npr or if i'm listening to i listen to these uh the the daily Monocle does three daily news podcasts at different times during the day. Listen to those, and I, they're great. But uh, you, you don't always feel you like, you, gosh, you don't know if it's covering the most recent bombing and if it's potentially got the most the most frightening thing that has just happened. Or as right. I was taking off to go to Vegas, that was right when um, uh, Putin had made comments about um, activating the military, the nuclear defense systems, or whatever. You know, like. God, I would have just loved to have read that in the paper the next day instead of, as I'm taking off, wondering whether the plane will be able to land, you know. Um, but, yeah, well, there's... One of my... To continue this this gambling theme, this makes me think of 
what my my mentor from graduate school Jim McManus has written about which is the the game of poker that is international politics and particularly nuclear politics and I I you know feels like we're right back in there again you know who's bluffing who's 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 got what hand to play right yeah, it'd be interesting I, to read that. Um, the but it, it's interesting. So the, this thing that this the question that's been going around or the conundrum that's going around in my head was you know was all of that paying how much of all of the paying attention before the war was worth it um, since it was outside of my control. And, you know the that really comes back to your what do you got, which is these guys sitting around having a conversation that is good to have. It's good to engage with right. these things, but also right. you know at the same time somebody's got to pick up the you know pick up the things on the field that the volunteers are supposed to be doing and just figuring yeah. out how you uh, how you juggle being a engaged citizen and a citizen engaged yep. with uh, the news with also a citizen engaged with the life right in front of you i find absolutely and, and you know i've i've been driving down the road thinking about ukraine and i've just stopped myself and said you don't whatever your thoughts are right now will have no bearing on on what happens like you you're not on the hook this is not this you are this is not your responsibility to understand this situation and and take action or something i've really just i kind of just disengaged myself and said think about something else that you actually want to be thinking about something creative or something fun or something you know Think about think about the kids or or little league baseball or write a poem and you you know whatever, um, but I, I mean you know the flip side is that it's important for us to be informed so we can keep our politicians accountable who are the ones actually making the the decisions. But you know beyond that level, um, yeah, it, it's it's tough. I mean I I'm always wary that we are all just being sucked into an attention vortex that's driven by the technology instead of the actual uh necessity of staying informed so i i I try to be pretty aware of that it doesn't mean i'm not susceptible to it i am but uh being at least aware of what is happening i think is critically important yeah all right well we probably won't solve this conundrum of our time or any of the I did, I did. I did solve another conundrum, or, or I'm not gonna say I solved it. I'm just gonna say that I I made things a little better. I I innovated in my my world of stationery. Please allow me to explain. You don't think we should do ten more minutes on Ukraine? <laughs> um, okay, so I'm I'm currently I'm using a uh, a DDC debtor print notebook which I'm, you know, a third of the way through. I'm still clinging to my previous notebook, which is a, uh, a harvest edition with a, a yellow uh, heirloom tomato. Or, no, it's, sorry, apologies, mountain gold tomato. Um, so I'm, I'm bridging the two. I've got the rubber band in between. And now here's the innovation. Uh, I took, I, I put, <laughs> so I took my harvest, the old one, stuck it to the new one but i turned 
the new one upside down. Therefore, nice. these two things are back to back with both covers facing forward. And okay, so now I'm I'm looking at one of them. In order to access the other, I flip it straight over and it's sitting right there in front of me. So I don't have to it's not like I I have a a longer book now in which I have to flip halfway through to get to the cover of the second one. I turned it over. Now this thing's like I just flip it and I'm flipping from one to the next. This felt like a very big deal for me. Oh, I think it's a very big deal too. And I'm embarrassed about how much of a big deal I think it is. <laughs> I'm trying well, to. I, I would love to know if others have already thought of it, but for it was just one of those moments. I was like, well, uh, I just changed the way that I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. Yeah, I think you're going to have to post like a little animated GIF on the uh, on, on Take No Pod. I like it. People on. are going to be really excited about it. Nice work. And this is the kind of thing I should be committing my brain to instead of a foreign conflict over which I have no control. Yeah, I mean, who knows? I don't know if that's the answer or not, but sure. Yep. <laughs> Let's do this again next week, Adam. What do you say? Sounds great, buddy. Check us out on the internet. We're at takenote.space. You can find us on Twitter at takenotepod. If you do go over to the website, shoot us a line. Say hello. We've got a little box you can fill in some information. Send us a message. Let us know. Uh, maybe you innovated on something and it seemed like a really big deal to you and you're wondering if anybody else already discovered it. Uh, drop us a line. Say so. In the meantime, take care.